Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Rebound comes down to Morris with three seconds. Long outlet to Mann. He beats the Jazz down and Donovan blocks it from behind. He was going to make a layup at the buzzer and Donovan hustling his way down the tunnel. Blocked it first and then headed to the locker room. Coffee driving with the left hand, tries to bounce it through traffic off Gobert's leg, picked up by Clarkson. Given to Oney. In the open floor, he gets it ripped away by Jackson, who saves it right back to Oney. Hands to Clarkson, clip shot no good. Loose ball rebound, Rudy has it, knocked out of his hands, Rudy recovers. Bullets it up top to Ingles. Head fakes a drive to Patterson. He flops, no whistle. Ingles retreats out, fires the three, got it! Dubok turning, driving, spiked by Gobert. Absolutely eviscerated. Here comes Donovan on the push, crossing over, driving hard to the lane, hands to Rudy, hide the women and children, he's coming high and hard with a right hand. Hammer, 20 for Rudy. And the Utah Jazz win again, that's nine in a row, that's 20 out of 21, they beat the Clippers. Rudy Gobert, a 20-20 game again. PK, once you found out, no Kawhi Leonard, and of course no Paul George, we already knew that yesterday morning. Don't the Clippers basically become a 500-ish team? And don't the Jazz handle those teams pretty routinely? And isn't that what we saw last night? Yeah, I think we saw that Jazz didn't have the intensity in the first half because they didn't need it. You were playing the Clipper JV team, which, you know, there's still some decent guys on that ball mm-hmm. club. It's not like they don't have any talent beyond those two, but clearly those two are the stars. And I'm hearing from my Los Angeles source that the Paul James or Paul James Paul George uh, injury is a lot worse than the Clippers want to lead uh, let you on so we'll see about that how many games he's out but yeah uh, the Jazz realized all right enough of this we're, we're done fooling around here and so they took it to him in the third quarter and that was pretty much it yep ran away in the fourth ran away and hit built a 20 point lead again which is pretty weird given they were down five but they can turn it on and uh uh <laughs> it just—it's getting so routine here. It's really ho hum. I know, right? Nine in a row, twenty out of twenty-one. It's the question I put on Facebook. Ho hum, huh? Ho hum. We will get to that coming up next. Clippers and Jazz again tomorrow night. It's ESPN game at eight o'clock. And the other news of the day, and you just heard it in the last segment because uh, everybody's working on stories about Quinn now, and everybody's getting player reaction. Quinn Snyder, head coach of the West team in the All-Star game. They haven't formally announced that there will be a game. We're assuming it's going to be March 7th in Atlanta, and it won't look they like haven't? a normal All-Star weekend. Everyone's like, talking about it, but the league hasn't announced it, but it leaked out, and nobody's <laughs> denying it. It's the weirdest thing, but it's the weirdest Everyone's season. talking about you, like Draymond Green? Yes. Everyone is criticizing Everyone the <laughs> is talking about the All-Star game. I, don't, you know, I haven't heard my wife mention it at all, not even once. Everyone except PK's wife is talking about <laughs> well, it. Mrs. Honey's K. talking about it? Now, my wife would have a better chance of talking yeah, she, about it than no, Honey. No, she actually asked me last night because it came up during the broadcast and she was sitting there watching the game with me. Oh, she, uh, were you holding hands? No, we were not. Oh, back in the day you would have when you were watching the Gauchos. You know you would have. <laughs> watching the Gauchos. BigWestTV.com. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. 
Joel turns, faces, holding that pivot foot with left foot. Now makes a move down low, spins it in the middle, puts it up with a jump hook and in. Clutch hoop by Embiid. Zach with the touch, fakes right, goes left, steps back, left side, three. Bam! Big time, Onion Zach Levine. Steph holding high up top on the left side. Now none crowds him a bit. He's driving right over to the wing, backs it out again with a left-hand handle, crossover dribble, fires a contested three. Oh. Cash me out one time! Dame walks it across the timeline. The shot clock at 18. Blazers down one. Dame takes off, dribbles, drives. He's bumped. He throws it up and banks it in! Damian Lillard has an opportunity for a three-point play as he gives the Blazers the lead with 16 and a half seconds remaining. Damian Lillard with the big hoop there, the three-point play, the final points of the game as it turns out. Portland wins again. They beat New Orleans. Blazers 126-124. There's some curious stuff at the end of that game, PK. How do you feel about Lonzo Ball taking taking a deep three? Down two with 10 well, seconds I'm to go. Not as good as if it's a shorter three. Uh, what are you doing, Pelicans? Zion he, was he open? Finished with 36 in the loss. Was he open? Yeah, sure. But it's, mm, 27-footer? I don't know. I mean, they leave you open for a reason, don't they? Uh, you there was still time open. to go get a better shot. It was a two-point game. I don't know. They got the offensive rebound, and they missed another shot. So, Man, well, What difference does it make yeah, for New Orleans? I mean, they, I, I would rather have guys have confidence and miss than be tentative because once you're tentative, you've got no shot to go, go in. Um, that's the way I look at it. So Alonzo Ball didn't get to the league because of his shooting. He's probably going to be traded at some point. He's sort of a journeyman player, but... I mean, it's New Orleans. They're the new Minnesota. Yes, man, they're going to be really good some uh, very soon. The Denver Nuggets get beat by the Washington Wizards, 130-128. to Bradley Beal wins it, free throws with a second left. The Nuggets sending guys to the line multiple times down the stretch, trying not to foul a three-point shooter, and wasted a, uh, a big night by Jamal Murray. Jokic had a big night, too, but Murray was hot down the stretch with 11 points in the last three minutes, a couple of big threes in the final minute, but... Can't get it done. Wizards get the win. Any other games you would like to discuss? The Warriors escape. They beat the Heat again. They get the beat the Heat 120 to 112 in OT. Heat had a chance to win that game at the buzzer and missed the shot. Paid in OT. They're all games to me. Yeah. Steph Curry, 5 of 20 from 3. There's a stat line you don't see every day. Cleveland Cavaliers coach J.B. Bickerstaff said that nobody's opinion should be muted about the decision by the franchise to bench big man Andre Drummond while they seek a trade for him. Obviously, there's conversations that we've had with our guys as far as this process goes that everybody's not privy to. But again, guys have a right to speak their voice, and organizations have to do what's best for the organization. I think that's kind of how it works, and it shouldn't be a two-way street, so to speak. Hmm, he's got a future in TV, man. There it is. <laughs> right down the middle. <laughs> everybody's not privy. Well, he doesn't have the cachet to be criticizing Draymond Green. Let's call it like it is. And you can't. Draymond Green's on the right side of history. So you just can't. There's a line of thinking in the NBA that is completely, uh, I don't want to say necessarily acceptable, but you are able to voice that with very little blowback. If you go over here now and say something, whoa, we don't know what over here is because nobody's done it because they can. 
Because if they could try, I, could I they will just be blacklisted. Maybe, but I don't want to find out. So right. I don't, but over go, here... You go over there first. You can say pretty much whatever you want. Popovich, Kerr, blah, blah, blah. And you just keep rolling. And Bickerstaff, yeah. you know, he hasn't won nearly enough to be saying what he really wants to say here. Andre's not good enough. Deal with it. Well, that... No, I think it's more towards uh, Draymond. Like, shut the hell up! You don't know what you're talking about here. That's what I was We've, thinking. Ah. W- yeah, I mean, DJ's not going to say that. Come on, but that, what he's saying is that we've we've already done all these conversations with Dr- Andre Drummond here and everything, and you're just popping off because you're bored and your team isn't very good, so you're not getting the attention that you're used to when you're winning seven. Now games. we're getting to the heat of the matter right there. <laughs> yes. If his team was better and he was getting attention because of, you know, the race with the Jazz for the one seat or whatever, would he be saying all this stuff? Or no, he'd be talking not. about how good the team is, the race, guys coming back and getting healthy, the young guys fitting in. Maybe not, but I, I got to say that Draymond makes me think when he speaks. And so I would encourage him to speak because he does make me think. But isn't that, isn't a lot of what he's, if we're going to get into what he's talking about, what he's complaining about, the reason people don't come down on it completely, even though people do get tired of Draymond going off. I think that's the biggest thing is like, oh, Draymond's going off again. But it's like, there's a fundamental imbalance between being an employee and being an employer. Now, that imbalance looks different in sports because players can be traded, you know, and so that's kind of unique. Um, You don't see accountants traded you don't see teachers traded, but there's a fundamental imbalance between being an employer and an employee. I mean, there is, but I also think the average uh, worker, U.S. dude, gal, looks at they the get turned off because of the amount of money. Yes. Yeah. And, and you can retire at 32 and never have to work again if you've handled your money correctly. I mean, we've read stories. And I, I have a, a, a friend of mine's brother played in the NBA you know that's what he did mm-hmm. and so handle his money correctly and you're good to go and the teacher has to work 45 years <laughs> so I think there's that thing it would and you, and you don't want it to have to come down to money but money's the th- it comes down to everything every all the time people, people look go. at it and they go oh man shut up you're making tw- Andre Drummond who's a decent player my guess is he's making over 20 mil a year yeah All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Utah State loses at Boise State. 79-70 is a one-point game with five minutes to go, 65-64. But the Broncos controlled the final five minutes. They finished the game on a 14-6 run, and they survive a massive game from Nemish Keita. 32 points. 10 rebounds for Kata. Those are huge numbers in a 40-minute college game, but they survive them, and now the Broncos have first place in the Mountain West, at least until Friday when the two teams play again. Well, it sets up a huge showdown Friday, that's for sure, and that's, I agree, it was exactly, that was a good game. You know, it was back and forth. No team was really ahead in terms of, wow, they've got this game until the end. Uh, the Aggies had a tough time hitting a shot at the end that particularly hit a three-pointer. Just couldn't find one to, to really put the pressure on at the end, but 
Boise guess is better than we think. You know, I don't watch them very much, I'll be honest. Uh, I did see them play against BYU, saw them play a lot last night, particularly the first half until the Jazz game started, then it was flicking back and forth. But the Aggies had their chances, so they got to regroup and have this opportunity on Friday. College Hoops tonight. BYU is playing Pacific, 6 o'clock, CBS Sports Network. That game's in Stockton. Three conference games left for BYU. The Utes, it's a, it's a crazy week here. They're going to play uh, Oregon State tonight, Oregon on the weekend. Both those games are on the road. And then they come back to make up a game that they missed with Oregon State earlier this year on Monday night at home. So Oregon State, Oregon, Oregon State, Thursday, Saturday, Monday. And Oregon State, uh, a lot like the Utes, record-wise. The Utes are 6-7, and seven, Oregon State's 6-8 and eight in conference play. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's hard to get a, a gauge on so many of these teams because they've got players coming and going and games missed and all that. It's, it's, it's so ragged. Just the opportunity to get out there and play some ball, I think, is the most important thing. You know, neither of these teams are going anywhere, I wouldn't think. But get them out there to play some basketball. And for the Utes, you know, if they don't have guys transfer, they'll bring everybody back. And uh, So well, we'll see about that. I mean, it seems like every year they have guys transfer. So I can't say that they won't this year. Or Allen make himself available if he's NBA uh, material, possibly. It looks minimally. It looks like he's G League material. Maybe has an opportunity in the right situation to make a team. Who knows? I'm not going to count them out. But uh, that's an off-season decision, obviously. So I'm just glad that they can get back out on the floor. I've been saying this is somewhat of a broken record now. Big Sky action. Uh, Sacramento State uh, is at Southern Utah. And your Northern Arizona Lumberjacks are at Weber State. Oh, I'll be going that game decked out in my blue and yellow. Yeah. SUU, Weber State, Idaho State uh, in a virtual tie for second place. A game and a half behind Eastern Washington in the Big Sky Race. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. NCAA extended the recruiting dead period through May 31st. So there will be over a calendar year with no in-person recruiting being allowed in all sports. You have whole recruiting classes here, which if you're not going, I mean, if you're going to a local or regional school, maybe you, maybe you took a trip and you've been on campus, but a lot of kids will also be going to schools that they've never been to PK and haven't done that whole face-to-face. It's a very different deal now. I don't know about that. I don't know how many kids have not gone to the actual school. I mean, I don't think there's going to be armed guards at the border if you want to. No, you can do those self, those self-funded trips, but yeah. So, but you can't say that there's going to be many who haven't been to the school that they're going to. I don't know that. I, I, I really have no idea how many of those kids actually are going to have that situation. I'm sure there's some. There's some in everything. I was telling Yak earlier this morning, the Devils got a commitment from a safety from Hannondale. Now, that is the legendary location of the three, three Utes who came west. Moss and Huntley and... Simpkins, so uh, must be a really good uh, football program. They got a commitment, and his best buddy is interested. So the Devils going in and shutting out that pipeline to SLC. How about that? <laughs> Annandale getting their hooks into Florida. Well, you got to go somewhere because you ain't getting the local kids. <laughs> the Nebraska-Illinois game scheduled for August 28th in Dublin, Ireland, will not be played in the Emerald Isle this year due to the pandemic. They're going to play that in Champaign, Illinois. 
Never mind not going to Ireland for the big crowd. That's too bad. Too bad for the kids because my guess is not a lot of them have been to Ireland. It's one of the places I need to go and, and walk the turf in which my grandfather walked. There's two countries over there in Europe. I got one who came from Italy and the other who came from Ireland. Both of their names are on the wall at, uh, at the island there in New York, which is actually in New Jersey, the waters, if you go technically Ellis Island there. So uh, I, the, the, game, the game's the game, but an opportunity to get a free trip and to experience something that you haven't experienced it's unfortunate that you can't get that opportunity. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. He reiterated that to us, that he wants to continue to play. And we, we told him, quite frankly, we have to look at this current situation. With Ben's current uh, cap number, um, some adjustment will have to be made. And what will that adjustment be? You were just talking about how it's all about the money. Roethlisberger says he's willing to take a big cut. Yeah. The $41 million, will he cut it in half? Will he cut it by a quarter, three quarters, two-thirds? What's it going to be? And then I've, I've read the whole line of thinking that Mason Rudolph is in the last year of his deal and they want him to play for a year to figure out if they should keep him and he's the guy or not. He ain't it. <laughs> Yuck, well, they also got out. the other yeah, guy, uh, Haskins, that they just signed. Yeah, yep. Dwayne Haskins as well. By the way, coming out just this morning, literally minutes ago, the salary f- cap floor this year was supposed to be $175 million. The NFL just announced it would actually be $180 million, so an extra $5 million per team. Sweet. Uh, Mason Rudolph, I don't know. I mean, they, he's been around for a long time. You know, is he another Tannehill? You get an opportunity look good but yox obviously yox says no yox strikes down his career i know mason rudolph is uh, i just saw he's dating some tennis player mm-hmm. who's on the tour so good for him i think that uh, roethlisberger will probably come to some type of agreement because it seems like man he really is mr pittsburgh when you think of pittsburgh quarterbacks you're going to think of bradshaw and roethlisberger am i missing anybody neil o'donnell cordell okay. stewart come on Okay, Mark Malone. I mean, there's obviously <laughs> been guys. There's been guys who've played quarterback. Uh, those Super Bowl, those, those Super Bowl victories set those two guys aside. But Roethlisberger has been an institution yeah. in Pittsburgh. It's amazing. Good for him. Yeah. So I would think that he would just as soon finish it out there. I mean, you you look at Pittsburgh and and you look at their their coaches in our lifetime, right? They just had three coaches, and then. Basically, in our lifetime, they've had two quarterbacks. That's exaggerating a little bit, but uh, Roethlisberger has been there for so, so long. 2004, he got the gig. And now, here yeah. we sit Going in 2021, debating whether a, he's going to get another year or not. That's that's just incredible. Former NFL wide receiver Vincent Jackson may have been suffering from chronic alcoholism and concussions at the time of his death earlier this week at the age of 38, according to his family. He knew something was up. It was pretty unusual way everything was described there. And, you know, is that what it is? And the family clearly thinks it is. So, and well, it seems like that. in the NFL, every, I don't know what the duration would be, few years, couple years, there's a story that surfaces like this. Yep, you're right. And I think a lot of people draw it back to concussions and CT. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, that's that's where it that's comes the back story, to. right? Yeah. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. 
The pitch to Tatis is swung on and hit out to deep right field. It is up and out a grand slam for Fernando Tatis Jr. The pitch is in the air deep towards right field. Fowler going back onto the warning track. Looking up, gonna go! He did it again! Fernando Tatis Jr. with his second home run in his many innings. Well, that paid off literally, PK. It literally paid off. (laughs) Great news. 14 years. $340 $340 million for Fernando Tatis Jr. He's 22 years old. What I wouldn't give to be Fernando Tatis the third. <laughs> the fourth, <laughs> the fifth. This is incredible. You know, not so much the annual because the annual comes out to what, about 24-ish? Uh, somewhere there, give or take a little bit. Uh, so the, the annual salary, there's guys making more than that. But the 14-year deal is like, oh, my goodness, man. This is unheard of. But for the Padres to do this, and I I believe I'd have to look at the the contract, but in baseball, these things are guaranteed. And he is a phenomenal player. I go back to that time, what was it, two, three years ago, I saw him in spring training, and he scored from first on a single. And he wasn't running. It wasn't like he was stealing. Is it the flair that he plays with, the talent that he has? It's just absolutely amazing. He's uh, he's not homegrown because the, I think they was he was involved in the White Sox yep. deal with James Shields. But you know he his dad played in the bigs as we know, and so he has extensive experience in the U.S., which means his English is excellent. So I mean he can be basically what Ortiz and Pedro were to Boston. He can be that type of Dominican player, a foreign guy, and he's somewhat of a – I mean, he is a foreigner, but it's somewhat mitigated as opposed to Martinez and Ortiz literally were from and and grew up in the Dominican and all that. So Fernando does have a lot of experience in the U.S., but still, he is a Dominican. Let's not mistake that. And he can be that type of franchise guy in the way Tony Gwynn was. Now, Tony Gwynn will be the first love, and you never replace the first love, just like with the statues here, but you can build upon it for sure. And this has this opportunity. And, I mean, I'm going to San Diego to see if I can get some money because it seems like everybody's getting it. <laughs> the, uh, I saw a story last night that the, they've got uh, $820 million or something like that committed to the infield. Like, who are oh, you? Just guys? on the one side there's of the been, infield. Well, that's where most there's, of it is. Five, that's that's about five hundred million across yeah. one side. Yeah, of the, it, yeah, the left side, short and third, are getting the big, big money because Machado. He's they've spent a he, billion dollars. Yeah, he's not missing a payday, and this is so not the Padres' way you of keep doing saying business. That I mean, you it's can, unbelievable. But it's PK. today. It's I know not, it is. I know it is, and it's this owner and the other owners. You know, so different, whatever. That. But it's still a shock to you. The live system. in the past. It's a no, shock. It's, it's, to not, the it's not a shock to the system it is. when you add Darvish, when you add Snell, when you add Machado, when you add Hosmer. It may be a shock to your system, but it's not the shock to anybody's system who's following it. They've it literally look never back done to, this before. And, didn't, and can name you the starting lineup from 1984, but couldn't name you anybody from 1997. So, I mean, that, I get that. Actually, that, that's that's the one time in that mid to late 90s that they actually did a little bit of this. Okay, and well, now the numbers are way bigger. This is, and, and I saw a thing on uh, fan dual sports or something. They have a 91% chance of making the postseason second only, only, not uh, second only, which means nobody else is ahead of them except one team, and that's the Dodgers. Yep. Not even the Yankees. 
Turned down MLB Network last night uh, in between all the basketball watching to see if they were saying anything about it, and they were breaking down the Yankee pitching rotation. Well, it, it might have been taped. I know. Dave. I know, but I want them to break into programming. This is the Padres. It's important. Let's go. Well, they put the. I watch MLB Network just about every day in the winter. And what they do is a lot of their programming is live during the day, and then they rerun it at night. night, So watch today, and I'm sure they'll be talking about it. Toronto Blue Jays are going to play their first two homestands of the regular season at their spring training facility in Florida. And then we'll see where they go from that. Obviously, the Raptors are... Playing their whole season in Tampa Bay, so we'll see where it goes. But they that's how the Blue to Salt Jays Lake, man. <laughs> come on. I played in Buffalo last year. Why not come to Salt Lake? I mean, I, I, that that stadium is just absolutely awesome. We've all been there. Tim Tebow announced his retirement from baseball after five years with the Mets organization. Made it to AAA in 2019. Good for him. He sold a lot of tickets in a lot of minor league and parks. And he lives out a dream. Who cares yeah. that he didn't make it to the big leagues? If you told me that when I was a senior in high school that I could play for another five years and I would make it to AAA? You'd have been pumped. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) You'd have been pumped. Oh, and also you get to win the Heisman Trophy. Well, that's That's beside the point, yeah. I mean, that's that's where his money's going to come from. It'd be a first-round draft pick in the NFL. Yeah, well, yeah, of course that. But I'm talking about my love of baseball. I mean, I I couldn't even watch a baseball game for about ten years. I was so heartbroken because I sucked, and the game was stripped from me. I didn't leave the game. The game left me, and he got to do it for another f- for five years. Good for him. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up next, PK already mentioned it, the question of the day. Ho, hum. We'll get to that next. Stay with us. <laughs> The Big Show Big show. with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Radio voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke. Quinn made this comment about Royce O'Neal's in his second year as a starter and his second year as a defensive stopper, and he's really learned from both of us. Playing as a starter is different, so he's learning how to be the fifth best offensive player on the floor. There's a role to that because you're defended differently, and what are you going to do? And so he's begun to understand how to do that. And he's now guarding Jason Tatum for the third time, Giannis for the third time, Jimmy Butler for the third time. And you just get better at it. You learn their tendencies. You know what they're doing. Royce's evolution and improvement this year is a real story. Our fan base sure loves a Awards. Like, if Jordan wins six, man, we might put a statue next to Stockton alone. Well, shouldn't Royce be up for most improved? Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. At Jerry Seiner Cadillac, you can shop your way and get a piece of luxury you deserve. Stop by and test drive one today. Jazz win again. That's nine in a row. It's 20 out of 21. The Jazz are now 24-5 and on the season, two games in front of the Lakers. They're winning about 83% of their games, and that's even with a 4-4 start. It is unbelievable. It has been nonstop winning, and the question of the morning is all this winning getting ho-hum. Let me tell you, PK, there's a lot of volleyball fans here because that question got spiked. That question got pounded into the sand at Manhattan Beach. Well, I'm just a Libro. I just set it up. Michael said, those that consider this winning commonplace probably weren't here when we were losing. Mm, Probably they were. I wonder how many jazz fans are 
Johnny brand new. (laughs) It wouldn't wouldn't seem like very many, right? I think there would be guys like me to where I'm, you know, I've moved around. I've lived on both coasts. I live in Arizona, four different states, right? A lot of pro teams where I've lived. And like take for the Angels, for example. I've followed the Dodgers since I was like 14 because I said I moved to Phoenix and the Dodger games were on the radio. So I spent a lot of time listening to them. And then I moved to L.A., and then maybe it's a little unusual for me because at any given time during the summer, I could they post a schedule and I could be covering an Angel game because there were so many games. I was not the regular writer for the Angels, but those guys needed time off. And so I would be a fill-in dude. A lot of us were fill-in dudes for baseball because of the fact that there's so many games, right? You wouldn't need a fill-in dude for the NFL. The Raiders and Rams were there when I was there. Uh, so you, you had to at least be have some working knowledge. But because I lived in the area – you end up just naturally following them. Doesn't necessarily mean you're a fan in terms of, wow, I really root for them and I live and die by them, but you follow them because you live in the area in that regard. So I wonder how many folks here who've moved here, because we have had a lot of folks move here, at least have a working knowledge of the Jazz and follow them. And so from that perspective, you can be considered a fan. Because there's different levels of fandom. You don't have to be black and white. You know what I mean? You can be some sort of a great, well, I follow it, but, and, I, and you know, I like to see them win. It's fun and all. But I don't really live and die by it like the true hardcore fan who grew up here does. Well, we, we hear Ryan Smith talking about the tech companies right, and all the hiring they're doing and bringing people in. So you know there are people who've moved here yeah. in the last and year you're a sports two or three. Fan. And there hasn't been a lot of losing in the last four years. It's been a playoff team. So yeah, you have some working knowledge. But a lot of those people who move in, though, it's like they, they come with their – and, and man, when you live in the Sun Belt, and I haven't lived in Florida, but I assume it's the same way there, uh, certainly in San Diego and Phoenix – there are so many people who move there, and they keep their fandom with wherever they, they come from, you know? And so it's... Uh, yeah, know, but at the Cubs same time, like my everywhere. sister's kids, there's so many people who move there and, and then, then their kids, kids there. Yeah, right. Yeah, you get to the second so generation, the, it's different. I, I think that deal. flushes out. You go to the Valley, and there's plenty of Cardinal fans and whatnot because they have yeah, their parents move there, but... They didn't. They, they, that's all they know. And so they don't have that moving around. So I think that, you, you say that, but I think that's somewhat of a, an ancient story in that there's so many who have now been there for so long and had kids and even grandkids that that's what they do. Uh, here, not as much, but in those other places, definitely. And Ryan Smith talks about it, and he's on Twitter about the growth and the and the tech companies coming here and all that, and that's proven out to be true. He tweeted out something yesterday or the day before about the best, uh, basically, uh, working economies, I guess. I'd have to go back, and Provo was number two, if not number one. Provo was number Lake one. And Ogden were in there. Provo, how about that? All you people who crack on Utah County. You owe Look us an apology. <laughs> you owe us an apology, Senator. You owe me an apology. There's <laughs> a Godfather line for everything. <laughs> you owe yeah. me an apology, Senator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you make fun of that place, and that place is booming. So I would think that if you're a sports fan, you come into town, and you at least have some working knowledge of what's going on. And maybe over time, the jazz court sort of 
maybe uh, bring you in to a degree. They're a story, man, and it's a great story. Who doesn't like the underdog story? Now, I don't happen to think these guys are underdogs, but the market is has a rep of the underdog, which, as you know, Dennis Lindsay and I, have we have been on a mission now for several years, and we're conquering that. We're chipping away, and now it's, it's not chipping away. We're taking huge boulders and knocking it down <laughs> to where that's, that's, that is just becoming obsolete. I guarantee you that if they make a trade or some form of acquisition here at the trade deadline, whoever it is, and they say, you go live in Utah, there's just no way they're going to be pumping their fists and saying, I get to go live in Utah because the Jazz have everything that they need. They got this young, hip owner. Come on, man. What more do you want? So those days are gone. But yet, it's still the perception of this place that's out in the middle of nowhere and all that stuff. And to a degree, it is. But they're not out here to be doing anything but basically living your life and and playing winning basketball and getting paid a whole heck of a lot of money to do it. Who wouldn't like that? Jazz fans are fully embracing this. David says Portland's five and a half games back and Denver's eight and a half games back. Heck, it's been a lot of fun. Heck, it's been a lot of fun, PK. Why did he go to those two teams? Uh, I don't know. He doesn't explain it. (laughs) Uh, Maybe he's got friends or relatives who root for them. Uh, Portland isn't a team the Jazz have seen in the playoffs in a long time. Now, there are teams the Jazz have chased. I mean, Denver, I get, because they just beat them in the playoffs last year, but... Well, Denver's playing themselves right out of anything that matters. That's why I, I, talking about what Jamal Murray did in the bubble is a waste of time. It was a fluke. I was watching, uh, uh, what was it, some form, some one of the talk shows yesterday, and, and Kendrick Perkins, who just cracks me up the way he delivers his stuff, was saying that uh, Murray has been a massive disappointment. 19 points a game isn't nearly enough. He needs to be in the 25-26 range. And it... it he couldn't back up. Good for him. He had the performance back there when the shooting background and everything, nothing changed and whatnot. And, but he obviously hasn't come close to matching it. I don't want to say he's a fluke because he's still a pretty good player, but he's not the player at that level. That was a fluke. Even when he gave him one game of it the, last night, they messed it up. And it's only one game. And their team is just not as good. That, that's the bottom that's, line. You gotta, yeah, you got to underline that. I mean, I'm not going to just crack on Murray here completely. Uh, the reason why he needs to be at 26 to go Perkins' line is because the team isn't as good. If the team was better, then maybe he wouldn't need to go for 26 a game, and his 19-20 a game would be good enough. But because the team isn't as good, he's got to increase it, and he's not capable of doing that consistently. So it looks like he's underperforming when really he overperformed and this is his level of performance but now it doesn't look as good because the surrounding cast isn't as good that's some freaking deep analysis right there that you're not getting any freaking where else no deep analysis this question man ben says they may never lose again this is fun it is fun bobby loving every minute of it sing it pk Loving every minute of it. Loving every minute. Uh, well, I said on Sunday, that's the question we need to ask. Will this team lose again? You scoffed at me. I remember. I do you scoff. You scoffed at I yeah. do scoff. I continue to scoff. I have scoffed in the past. I scoff in the present. And I will scoff in the future. 
There will well, be much I mean, scoffing when the question is, will they ever lose again? That, that's consistency. Jamal Murray doesn't have the consistency of the bubble, but in terms of scoffage, you have the consistency. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That's consistency. I can't argue with that. I disagree with you, and I don't think you should scoff, but at least you're, you're consistent in your scoffability. Russell questions the question. Why would you say that? Chance winning never gets ho-hum. Well, I think it gets taken for granted to an extent. Like, we're, when they lose, we're going to be shocked, which means you took winning for granted. If they lose tomorrow, we're going to be shocked. And that means you're taking winning for granted. So I scoff at questioning the question. I don't mind helping the helper, but in this situation, I don't think you should question the question. Help the helper. Pick the picker. Do not question the question. (laughs) Hope coming with massive amounts of sarcasm. (laughs) Is all this winning getting ho-hum? Yeah, Hope says. I totally wish we'd suck. Who's with me? Well, is this Hope a female? I'll have to click on this. Uh, I'm going to guess so, but I can't tell right away. The pictures of a kid and a golf course. So prone to extreme emotions, isn't Hope? I mean, do you have to go between winning every game and sucking? <laughs> like Portland, for instance. Portland has not only treaded water, they've done better than that with their injuries. So Portland's winning. 18-10, and 10, that's a good record. Right, but they're not winning to the Jazz level, but they're certainly not sucking. And I'm thinking in Portland, they're thinking, "Wow, we get our guys back, man. We can really make a run, and we can we can make some noise." Yeah, and they should be thinking that. I would I would encourage them to think that. Why wouldn't they? Won six in a row and eight out of nine. That's very impressive. It's a good stretch. Especially, you know, you've been so guard-oriented, and one of your, uh, your sharpshooters has been out for a good while. But Damian Lillard's getting it done. Yeah, and they moved uh, Trent Jr. in there, mm-hmm. and he's been playing yeah, well. From yeah. what I, I haven't watched him a lot, I'm just looking at box scores. Yeah, just looking at last night's box score, though, was, uh, yeah. I think, 24. Right. Yeah, and maybe they've, de- they've developed something there. And, but good for them. That, that's a good ball club that is winning a fair amount. But it's not winning to the level of the Jazz. That's the beauty of having the best record in the NBA. Well. Nobody's winning to that level. Yeah, but, I mean, you can have the best record, but it's not, not to this level be winning, though. Absolutely true. They're beyond just having the best record in the league. They're winning 83% of their games. And that played out over an 82-game season, which obviously we won't have this year, would be, but just for sake of comparison, that'd be a 68-win season. That would be a massive win total. Easily the franchise record. Oh, they would win more than that. They might get 68 this year. No. They're going to play 72 games. They've already lost five. So, But uh, they can add a couple. You don't know that. You haven't seen the second half of the schedule, so you don't know that. We're just feeling so good, we'll throw you through four bonus games. All right. <laughs> Anything goes this year. 
<laughs> got to learn That's that. true. That's true. <laughs> if you can schedule a college football game on Tuesday for a Saturday, anything goes. <laughs> so, uh, who's to say what's what's going to happen with the scheduling? But do you find yourself pinching yourself and thinking, man, am I in a dream here? Because we've never seen winning like this. Never. All right, we got a lot of responses that run along the lines of never exclamation point and nope, triple exclamation point. But there is one outlier and there is one person considering something that I know some of you have considered, even if you haven't spoken it aloud. And we will get to that next. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. The Jazz are becoming that showpiece. The Jazz are becoming the party. Everybody barbecues a bunch of stuff and gets together for the Super Bowl, and it's a lot of fun because it's the show. That's what the Jazz are becoming. It's an event now. It's an event. Must watch TV. They play a style of basketball that not only is winning a lot of games for them right now, but, you know, the old pick-and-roll, boring Jazz teams that won a lot of games, but some people across the country, it's just boring basketball. This is not boring basketball. Yeah, back to the basket, dribble the clock out, take the yeah. shot. That's not. That is not this team. I mean, cranking forty to forty-five threes a game. That's going to get people's attention really quickly. Hanson Scotting weekdays from ten to two on 97.5-1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. Davis Vision's New Year's special continues through February. Save a thousand dollars off normal pricing now through the end of the month. Check them out now at davisvisionmd.com. Question of the morning. All this winning, is it getting ho-hum? Now, we got a lot of uh, Gwen, of course not. Darren, no way. Dane, nope. It's great. Dustin, all caps, never. Three exclamation points. Ooh, three, huh? Yeah. However... However, we do have Nick. It's definitely awesome. But, all caps for the but, I do worry a little that it's smoke and mirrors once some of these teams really turn it on. And then he says, parentheses, Denver 2019. Well, well, what do we got Denver 2019? What does that mean? That they're like the Nuggets or the Nuggets turn it on in 2019? Where are we going with that? So Denver in 2019 had the two seven-game series. You go back to 2019, uh, Portland, they, they won in the first round in the seven-gamer, and then Portland knocked them out in the seven-gamer. Okay. And so they had the second-best record in the West, but they didn't get to the conference final. And Portland turned it on and, and, and won a, a dramatic series. Yeah, but there, they yeah. had a bunch of youngsters. This mm-hmm. team doesn't have a bunch of youngsters. I don't worry about... Uh, once some of these teams, I don't think there are that many teams that can turn it on and beat the Jazz. But don't you think, and you have the pulse of the people, don't you think there are a lot of people wondering, okay, when the Lakers, and specifically LeBron turns it on, assuming the Lakers are healthy, that is what people are worried about. Well, he's LeBron. Right? Until he retires or shows any sign of slowing down, you should be worried. You take a look at tennis down there in Australia, right? Serena Williams loses. Osaka beats her. Well, Serena Williams, for just seemed like for the last 20 years, has been the most dominant female athlete on the planet, man. She was just, just awesome, right? And it's sort of like LeBron. 
right? He is just the same type of deal. He's been so dominant, so awesome. Now, Serena's slowing down a little bit. It's going to do nothing to tarnish the legacy, right? I mean, she's just always going to be all that. But it's clear, well, with her, and she had a baby, she got married, uh, all those, I wouldn't have any idea how that, what affects your body. Um, like, I imagine it's got to have some type of impact here. So she's slowing down a little bit. So she's 39. She's 39. You're supposed to slow down at 39. So there's a weakness in her game, right? But we still appreciate all that she's done. Well, LeBron, he hasn't gotten to that point yet and to where we can really notice a a flaw, a, a crack, that type of thing. So until we do that, and see that, or until he does that, then of course you're going to be nervous about going up against him. Now, maybe it's going to show at some point, right? Or unless he gets out before it does show, but it doesn't seem like that's what he wants to do, and more power to him. The longer he plays at this level, at least from a basketball fan standpoint, I'm going to enjoy it because I know it's not going to be there uh, much longer. And I'm always sad when guys of his stature retire because it just means, gosh, I'm getting older. I'm getting closer to death. So I'm going to enjoy it. And at the same time, if I'm an opponent of his, I'm going to fear it. Yes. So I agree with that. Maybe this is the postseason that it shows up. I don't think so, not based on what I'm seeing now, because the intensity of the schedule in the postseason is not going to be any more than it is right now. And he's still thriving. Joseph says, this is the most fun I've had as a Jazz fan in years. The only thing, regular season, that'll make it better is to see them destroy the Lakers. That is the beast. The dragon that must be slayed. What are we, six days away now from them playing the Lakers? Yep. So, and it sucks uh, for them that Anthony Davis won't be playing, but so what? This, the game's going to count, and LeBron's going to be on the floor, hopefully. And uh, that game's here in SLC, right? Uh, so get an opportunity, maybe sneak in a few thousand more fans and not count it. Just If I just tell the ushers, hey, just kind of lose track of the count. <laughs> don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> Put him in the upper bowl. Nobody will see him on camera up there, up above the cameras. Yeah, I mean, who's going to go count, right? (laughs) The Big Cheese tweets at us, I was so confident the Jazz would win that I went to bed at halftime. Hashtag take note. All right, 8 o'clock game, so it's a little later, depending on when you have to get up. Uh, I don't have any problem with that. that. The game actually sort of played out pretty much like I thought it would. I thought maybe, you know, the Clippers would be able to hang for a little bit because there was no reason for the Jazz to have all-out intensity. I mean, you want to give your best effort at all times. I get all that. But really, if you don't need to, why bother and save it for another time? And so, yeah, they're down five at halftime. They were looking sluggish. Uh, but then they just turned it on. It was like literally like a light switch, man. And that, that was fun to see. It's like Mitchell said, all right, guys, enough. Let's just get these guys and put them away. And it's and then Tyron Luke couldn't do anything about it. He knew. Everybody knew. And then they open up, uh, what well, was it, close to a 20-point lead? It got over 20. At one point, 22 okay. or 23, somewhere okay. in there. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that second half, when they turned it on, was impressive. Uh, Joe continues to do what he does. Uh, Rudy was dominant. Uh, there's no doubt about it. He was dominant. He's an absolute superstar. You got to watch him, as we said a thousand times every night. 
but it seemed like I, I like his offensive attitude. I think that, and, and I have a hard time remembering stuff and going back to last week and because you know, the games all run together. But the thing that I liked about Rudy was his body language in terms of just he didn't look as awkward going to the basket on some of the throws that he was getting, and he was looking to shoot more. And I say, have at it, man. And then when he has the dunks, he's violently dunking the ball. And I think that matters. That's what I talk about, that body language stuff. Play like you're the biggest, baddest dude out there. And I thought of all the games, Gobert, this one might have been his best in terms of that attitude and that physical presence of his. And you could see it on the defense. We see that night after night. And I love what I see with him defensively because he is in guys' heads. I don't know that I've ever seen somebody be in their head, like be in the opposing offense's heads the way Gobert is because you can just see them thinking oh no crap here's Gobert I've got to arch this thing up practically to the top of the glass and hope it falls back in or something you know because they change their shots so they're beaten before they even shoot the ball and that's cool to see but on the offensive end I thought that that was a somewhat of a different Gobert against the Clippers maybe I'm wrong but that's the what I saw uh the one that uh impressed me the most was a fast break I think it was in the second quarter uh, they were going right to left, and whoever went down, it was contested, and they, they missed it in transition, and the guy who was flying down court to clean it up was Rudy, and he got one of those violent dunks, and I'm totally with you on that. I think that energizes the teammates. It energizes the bench. Uh, there's just something about it. I mean, he's, you know, he's over seven feet tall. He ought to be able to dunk it, but just rising up and being the biggest, baddest dude, like there is literally nothing you, the little people, can do. Good luck with that. Yeah, we saw that with Shaq. He used to do that. Rudy doesn't have the girth of Shaq, obviously. Uh, but, you know, he has the height anyway, and maybe he doesn't have the strength. I don't know that. I don't know how strong Shaq could be, if anybody could be stronger than that. But I like the violent nature in which he's playing and then putting the ball up. And his free throw shooting was excellent. Nice soft touch. If it doesn't swish, get a friendly roll off the rim. So that was that was impressive too. I thought all in all, that might have been his best game of his season. DJ PK, it's ninety seven five at twelve eighty of the zone. Craig Bowlerjacks coming up at eight thirty, the Joe Ingles show at nine thirty, right here on ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone.